What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! Hey, welcome to Knife Talk. We're a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts. Hell, we're here for everybody. My name's Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. With me is Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives and Mareko Momasi, bladesmith at Momasi Fire Arts. We're a podcast in a turbulent time, but we're here for you. We're checking in. We're going to answer some of your questions. We'll fool around and like so and such. So how is everybody? Doing good. Don't answer it once, everybody. Doing good. <laughs> Come on, uh, guys. Got a little bit of blood in your... <laughs> little, little hey, right, give me a break. I just woke up like... 20 minutes ago anyways uh i've been doing good um been uh making some progress did an ama actually last week and i mentioned me- meant to mention that last week uh, i've started doing these amas which is uh i don't know what you want to call it but it, it's it means ask me anything and basically it just gives me a chance to uh to get back in there on instagram and get engaged with people i i have a tendency um i guess when I'm feeling down or I'm super frustrated with something I'm working on to basically become a ghost on social media. And so, um, I like trying to get back engaged with folks and, uh, and, and this doing these AMAs have been really nice. So I did that list last week. I'm working on this giant knife. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I uh, got it heat treated and hand sanded. And man, it is a big knife. And with the integral guard, it's it's tricky sculpting everything all at once. And um, I do wish on this one I had actually uh, kept it apart a little bit and did a bedded tang so I could take the handle off and get in and do some of the stuff on the guard because it was really tricky with the handle on there. Uh, but I'm getting there, slow and steady, because I don't want to mess anything up. And then uh, yesterday I had a nice day. Uh, I stayed home because my back's been killing me, standing at the grinder. Sculpting all day, day in and day out, and uh, 
and I got to spend some time with my dude. We actually ended up going to the shop, but I didn't do any work there. He just, we hung out. We had to, uh, one of his toys needed to be like super glued and fixed. And, uh, you know, I got paper towel rolls all over the place and scrap paper and stuff. So we made a rocket and we were shooting it off the, uh, the air compressor, like blower portion of the oh, uh, awesome. compressor. <laughs> he was loving that. And then uh, we actually, I have a box of Lincoln Logs at the shop that I haven't brought to the house yet that I inherited from my former shopmate, Peter uh, Swords Burt, uh, Peter Burt Knives here on his, or not here on Instagram, but on Instagram. And so uh, we we pulled those out and played with those as well as like a little knee board. Jeff, I don't know if you guys had these when you were growing up, um, but it's like, there's a weird, there's a spot for your knee on this like plastic platform and then there's a front wheel handle and then off to the left it like makes a tripod kind of there's a handle and you hold out there too so you got your your right knee on the board and both hands are holding handles your right hand's steering and your left foot's kicking huh. and uh, it's a little push around knee board that's from like the 70s 80s that back we also to... inherited from peter Back to, sorry, back to the air compressor. I have an old story. My old uh, lead man, John Ledford, and I ended up having a blowgun. You know those blowguns where you put the blow dart into the, the tube? Oh, and yes. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I, we figured out the whole, use the compressor and see what happens. And he was oh. shooting them at me, and I was terrified. So, yeah, those air compressors are great for fun and for horror. <laughs> and for danger. Yeah. Yeah. So. That yeah, sounds and, great. It's great that you were able to take your son to the shop and have a good time and play around. It all sounds great. Yeah, we had fun. We just hung out. And uh, and one last thing is uh, the, also this last week. Thank you to Josh Smith for this silly, weird, you know, st- you know, they're, they're do- you see all these posts about staying at home and trying to figure out how to keep people uh, kind of occupied, kind of like what we're doing with the podcast. And keep them busy while they're stuck at home because the reality is most people aren't used to being stuck at home like this for long periods of time you know they're struggling a little bit maybe here and there especially sometimes even with coping with themselves and being with themselves all this much time because because they can't go to work or you know maybe some folks live by themselves but anyways josh smith did this push-up challenge and i did my push-ups with my my dude my victor my dude on my back He's heavy, by the way. He's 45. He's probably almost pushing 50 pounds. Um, and so having that extra weight on the back doing push-ups was interesting. And uh, I challenged you guys, and you didn't do it. Oh, I didn't see, Morocco. I didn't see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I, I, saw. I did. Maybe I did. Mm-hmm. But, uh. I saw. I, don't, I didn't do it. I didn't do them. I won't do them. I don't do them. I don't do challenges. That's fine. This is that fucking ice bucket challenge. I'm not doing that bullshit. And and the omelette challenge. I mean, not bullshit as well. It's, it's, so. I'm just kidding. I'm being funzy when I say bullshit. But I just <laughs> you know I tend to not do these challenges unless they're you know. You uh, here's what I will do though. If you guys tag, so if you tag me and to do the challenge, and you tag your local businesses, I will do push-ups. Ah, <laughs> you don't tag me. Tag your local businesses that need help or your EMS or police departments or whatever that needs something then i'll do push-ups sure i like that i I did see i did see that kev's forge and i hope you're listening right now big kev because he did a bunch of push-ups he thought he was being being a smart ass doing a bunch of push-ups he did 30 but i gotta tell you what they're kind of bullshit push-ups 
you know, they're maybe only about half or three quarter way. My, I believe push up is chest all the way down to the ground. And I saw these little half push ups, and I was, I was a little disappointed. Kev, come on, man. <laughs> there you go. Come on, man. You hear, you heard him first here. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Jeff? What have you been up to this last week, my friend? Well, mania as always. It's uh, crazy here in New York, and I uh, was trying to help a friend of mine, uh, my buddies at Birdsville House. I knocked out some bottle openers to, for them to give away if you come and do takeaway. So if you bought a uh, a growler of beer and some an entree, they'll give you one of my bottle openers. So that went well. That kind of like you know, a lot of these places are. A lot of these places are, uh, what should I say? Their 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 nose is barely above water. Some of them are closing. Like my friends at the coffee house, uh, they closed because of they really wanted to make sure that they were not helping spread uh, coronavirus and COVID nineteen. So I was trying to help them, and and now I'm uh, I'm uh, doing my best to help my friends at uh, the Peekskill Police Department. Uh, they're in need. They're in need of PPE, and it embarrasses me that they have to resort to social media to get gloves and face shields and then 95 masks, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about them later. Um, the chief, Chief Halmy, is an awesome guy, and the funny thing is is he looks just like that character, uh, Ron Swanson. What's that guy's name? Nick, Nick what's his name? Nick Offerman? Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson from uh, Parks and Rec, the TV show. He looks dead exactly like him. And he had a mustache, (laughs) too. He actually had to shave it off because he got sick of people thinking that he was the character. (laughs) So he's he's an incredible guy. uh, And uh, my friend, uh, Officer Nappy, that's uh, uh, Canine Charlie. He's the the canine uh, officer uh, in Peekskill there. You know, they're. New York, we're getting now. It's Sunday morning. We, we're getting more nine one one calls than we did during nine eleven. And um, these guys need some PPE. And if they're asking on social media for PPE, that means that shit's gotten real bad. So I'm trying to I'm gonna try to help them, and I'll talk more about that later. But um, getting a little bit more in the groove in the shop. Um, finished a Damascus knife that I made from. Damascus from my buddy, our buddy Bob Rankin. He gave me a piece of Damascus, and uh, and uh, we made a knife with that, and then a piece of with a piece of uh, a redwood burl from Rob's Wildwood, and it, it's going to a friend of mine who has a restaurant. He had ordered before, and this is you know this is where we're at. He had ordered a couple knives, three knives before uh, all this craziness happened, and I'd started, I'd started, I started all three of them. And uh, I sent him a message a week ago saying, listen, if you need to pull these back, I understand. And he says, yeah, let's hold two of them off because he had to lay off a lot of workers at his restaurants. He was going to give one to his chef. He had to lay off chef. So we're, we, you know, I was, of course, whatever you need. He's like, I want to make that Damascus. And I give it to my brother because he just lost his restaurants and it'll cheer him up. And, you know, this is, you know, we're starting to see, you know, the real, you know, the in our lives, the the economics of what's going on. So I worked with him, and I'm gonna get him all squared away, and a few other things, and try to be helpful. What can you do? Bah, bah, bah. You know, I just I had I had an interesting thought. I and I'm, I'm sure maybe some restaurants are doing this. Um, but like so, like you're showing you're, you're advertising stuff in Peak School, but I'm in Olympia, Washington, and it's great. I see you supporting, but I don't know how it can help. But I just realized that. 
people i wonder if they could set it up so people can you know if i i wanted to help support i could buy a meal for somebody because you know <clears throat> something i've been uh struggling with over here just like thinking about in general is with all these kids out of school just in the united states there are millions of kids out of school and lots of kids rely on the free three free lunch program and there are there are some programs that help with that but i guarantee just like everything else they're behind and i i wonder if it would be possible to basically donate a meal and so that they have like a list of meals and if somebody wants to call in and says hey you got a spot they well, can say yeah i'll come pick yeah come pick it up we'll put your name on it come pick it up Something here's like what here's what's going on and this is like the reason why i'm focusing on the hudson valley and westchester is because that's my immediate area right. however i am i got 20 20 plus thousand followers you know it people are reading it in germany i don't think it really matters if i'm being local or not i'm just helping my immediate area for, uh, completely so you know you got a hundred thousand followers you can help people wherever they need help. You know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be local. I'm just, I just happen to be, you know, involved with my community and I'm helping them. But if like, if I see something from a restaurant in New Jersey, I've been helping in a restaurant in New Jersey, whatever, whatever comes by my eyes, I'm being the echo. And I think that that's the issue. You don't have to, you know, there are organizations. I know there's organizations in Westchester that are, that are providing meals to people, but you know, you you can be helpful by just being an echo. You know, an echo is that whatever, you know, you hear it, you're yelling in the woods and you hear it down the line, you can be the help that helps them. So it doesn't really matter about local or not. I've just, I've just happened to be doing whatever's in my immediate, in front of my eyes. But at For the sure. same time, like, you know, most of, most of the people who follow me are from New York. So I'm going to, you know, focus on, you know, a lot of more New York stuff. But at the same time, like Kasumi Kev needed help out in St. Louis. So I, I, I helped him. So I, I think that being helpful is also just echoing anybody, you know, yeah. you got, you got problem. You know, we were trying to help all those people in, in, uh, wherever, and it doesn't really matter. Right. But there I, are, and I know you've been getting a lot of complaints and I, I'm, I I'm not, a lot of I'm not complaining. Oh, I'm not, I mean, I ain't any complaints. I, they one fucking guy, one fucking guy with it, you know, you don't okay. say one thing, you know, I trust no. me. Here's what I, here's in regards to com the complaint department, the complaint department is shut. So if people, the complaint department is closed. <laughs> and if for people I got to complain, I don't even respond. I'm not going to waste my time. Why waste my time trying to convince someone over online that they, what I'm doing and I like, I don't give a fuck. Right. No, I guess I'm more over the, I, my idea is more about the idea that to help restaurants anywhere stay open it could be possible to like start kind of like this buy a meal donate a meal or donate well, a meal kind those of situation. do exist those do okay. exist like my friends my friend dave debari at the parlor in, in dobbs ferry you can and christian petroni from the food network a buddy of mine now he you know they're they're giving you the opportunity to buy a pizza and then donate a pizza so there are a lot of you just got to keep your eyes open and see but they're those are happening the restaurants are doing that now so it's like cool. you just got to keep your eyes open and check it out but yeah there's, there's always the gift or... the gift voucher thing as well isn't there you know right. yeah, um, yeah. You buy a meal now and you can store it for later but or you could, the... you could gift that to somebody then that way as well but i suppose what you mean is yeah. you know finding those people to gift it to yeah. as well it's, it's a two-stage thing isn't it yeah it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter where you are it's like if you if you got something in your you know in front of you just be the echo you know, and I think that's as helpful as you can get. The same thing is like today. I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a shout out to figuring out how we can. If some of you makers have PPE, I talked to um, I talked to Will Stelter on Friday. Hey, good dude, man. I love Will. We went on live, and he's you know Montana is on uh, 
shelter in place. I tried to convince him. I said, Will, you have to start your own podcast and call it Stelter in Place. I, I'm telling you what, if that isn't a good name, I don't know what a good name is. I said, I'll be your sidekick. Stelter in Place with Jeff Fader. You know, no problem. But uh, he was, he, we're talking about PPE in general. And um, he, uh, he sent me a message saying, what kind of PPE does the Peace Guild Police Department need? And I, I sent I forwarded him what the, what they were looking for. And he's like, we don't have it here, but you know, all you have to do is echo it. And I'm going to try to echo that on this podcast and say, you know, if you, if you, you know, go follow the Peak Skill Police Department on Instagram and they have a post about how you can reach the desk sergeant. There's a telephone number. I am putting it out there on the podcast because I don't know when you guys are listening to this, but you know, there are other police departments in other areas that probably could use some of the PPE you have. So yeah, I think it's all of them. Oh, well, I mean, some of them more than others, you know, like, sure. you know, we're at the beginning stages of this and, you know, there's, you know, a number of cases in my immediate area and, you know, number of a couple deaths already. And I'm sure that if they're the first responders, you know, we need to make sure that they're in good shape. But that's neither here nor there. Let's change the program. Craig, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Not That's much good. today anyway. So I, I feel as if we're a few weeks sort of ahead of you with regards to, you know, the development of what's been happening. So we, we've had the whole thing. I mean, if we talk about restaurants, we've had the whole thing where restaurants have closed and then they started doing a takeaway service. Um, and, and I did help a few restaurants actually with that, you know, set up an online thing so they could take payment for promo codes and all the rest of it. But um, that has gone by the by now. They've all closed too, even yeah. for takeaways. Um, so restaurants are on a complete and utter lockdown now, which which is killing a lot of them. Um, and we are completely housebound here. So we're two weeks in now. Um, so we're here in France. Well, we've got Italy and Spain next to us, and you know they've had you know terrible, terrible outbreaks. I mean, I think there's been nine thousand deaths now in Italy, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so I feel as if you know we're slightly behind italy then maybe you know america is slightly behind us but it's, it's coming to us all eventually it's, it's coming right. to us all so we've i've had a bit of a week where um with regards to sort of knife making work um haven't really been doing too much um the sustainable knives that i've been working on they're almost ready so i'm waiting on the packaging which i've designed to arrive um and that's not going to be coming anytime soon the postal system here is just shot to pieces so, uh, yeah, well, I'm waiting on that for a few things. Um, I've, I've managed to get into the shop and just uh, I've tidied everything to like a ridiculous degree. You could eat off the floor in my in my shop now, which which is which is crazy because it's never ever clean. So everything's been reorganised. Um, I've, I've got I've got a, a new machine coming, but again, when that is coming now, who knows? Um, so I mentioned it. I, I did a, a single track this week with Jeremy from Simple Little Life, and I mentioned about the whole. The sustainable knife thing. I think I've got the steel sorted now. I've got the, the steel as you know as sustainable as it could be um, for what for what I'm doing at least. Um, so it's all down to the handle materials now. So I'm I'm going to be sort of um, printing wood. So like a three D printer which you can now print with wood. Um, so I've got one of them come in. But when that comes, who knows? Um, it's just waiting on a lot of stuff. So there's been lots of lots of watching TV. <laughs> this morning, me and my wife just said, "Look, we're going to have a guilt free day. We're still in our pajamas. We're just." We're completely slobbing out today, but that's mainly because last night was uh, we got introduced to Tiger King. Have you heard of this Tiger King? I've I just only heard, heard, and I want to oh, know more. Right, 
Is it a TV show or is it one show or is it a it's, number? Of it's shows? a series. It's 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 a series. So it's 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 all true life stuff. It's like a documentary series. But if you just watch the preview on Netflix, it's like a three minute preview. In this three minutes, every single thing could happen. It's just, I've just watched it with my mouth open. It's like what that happened. That happened. That like every three seconds could be a film in its own right. It's just so much. All happening. right. I so the, out. I'm gonna watch it now. Now I've been, I've been hearing nothing. But it's bonkers. Guardian, absolute. You just watch it with your mouth open. Just like these people are real people. They live in this world. And uh, Nick Wheeler this morning on, on Facebook, he put a picture up about uh, there's like there's 50 people all together that they sort of show in this documentary, and there's probably about three teeth between them. You know, these yeah. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. <laughs> but it's just compulsive viewing. It's one of those things. Right, we need to watch the next one. Need to watch the next one. So hence we're still in our pajamas now, and it's you know it's it's three thirty in the afternoon. Um, so as well as yeah, as well as cleaning the shop, we did I did the single track with Jeremy and, and watching Tiger King. Um, I did what everybody seems to be doing at the moment. I started a sourdough starter, which is basically a tamagotchi mm. for middle aged men like myself. I just funny. try and keep it alive. Um, <laughs> that's it. That but that's no, been my week. That's not it. That's not it because you also created a website for videos for, oh, this, for yes. educational videos and it's not nothing it's not like you did that at your you know in your you know while you're in the bathroom for god's sake there's sort of daily daily sort of maintenance with that and uploading and finding new content for that which which needs to be relevant um but the, but that's become a bit of a thing so there's there's probably about ten thousand kids at the moment who are watching that um well what's the name of the website it's, it's bsquare.education and the sure. idea is, if if school is, is closed, if you can't be there, you can be square. So they're they're highly curated videos of educational content for for kids, um, and it, it's been quite fun. But um, it's sort of a spring point to to something else that I've been thinking of for quite some time. And I spoke about this to Jeremy on the on the podcast this week about um, I might. <laughs> I won't go, you know, go through it again because we mentioned it on the podcast, but just very quickly, I'm a big fan of YouTube. I learned so much from it. Um, but with regards to creators on YouTube, they they seem to be putting their a lot of them putting their, all their eggs in one basket. You know, that YouTube is is controlling their um, their income and so on. So I was thinking, uh, how if 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 YouTube was to be rewritten again from the beginning up for the creator, how would it work? So I'm working on something which which will take the bones of B squared education, but it'll be more towards makers. So I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively calling it MakerTube, but it's I won't be call it that simply because they want two and a half grand for the domain name, and I'm not paying that. Uh, but the idea is a a sort of YouTube which will just have um, uh, makers on there, so all the content will be makers. So hopefully that the comments and discussions will be more relevant. You won't have the the filthy general public chipping in with why don't you do this when they haven't got a clue what's going on. Um, but the main thing is. Um, if you're a YouTube creator, you'll be able to just upload to YouTube as you normally do. This platform will automatically suck in that that content, so you don't have to do it twice. It'll be an embed, so you're still getting paid by YouTube for your views and your ads and stuff like that. You're still getting okay. your money from that. Um, but the idea is it'll be, let's say, $5 a month to join this so-called MakerTube. Um, and what that $5 a month will give you, it'll give you complete access to the system so you can view all the videos, which are free to watch on YouTube anyway. But it'll give you, let's say, 50 coins, like maker coins or creator coins. And what you, you can do then is distribute them to the viewers that you watch that, that week or that month, rather. So it's a, it'd be a monthly fee of $5. 
So you get your 50 coins, and let's say you see a great video by Alex Steele, and you learn from it. You can say, all right, I'm going to give him 10 of my credits. And these equate to money for Alex. But also, what they'll be able to do, the creator, they'll actually be able to put up, um, at the moment, people use like Patreon or things like that, or, you know, buy me a coffee, these kind of things, um, to earn a bit of extra money. What they'll be able to do, they'll be able to put stuff up on this Megatube too, behind a paywall. So they know people have got their credits, which equate to money. And let's say, whoever it may be, Jeremy, for example, may say, okay, I'm doing a video on sharpening, and this is exclusive on Megatube, and it'll cost 10 coins to watch. Ah. So, as a, so they can they can do basically Patreon within the same within the same platform. So it's bolting all these things together that already exist, but keeping it in one place. So the coins That's are like barter. Idea. Nice. The coins are barter exactly. For the most part. Yeah. So I mean, I like that idea. It, it's it's five dollars a month to use the system. Um, I don't have any of that money at all. There, you know, you basically get five dollars in credits. And you just, you just chuck a few coins around to the, to the videos that you like. So the creator's getting paid for their money. You know that it's going to be highly curated only for makers. Hopefully the creator will have a much far better discussion because, as I say, you know these are people who are, are paying for the platform, but also they're makers themselves and they're there to learn. And the creator can put up exclusive content too and get paid for that as well. So I, as so, a user, so the, it's because... I'm sorry. Sorry, go on. I was going to ask you, so the coins do turn into money. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's all real money. So, so for, if you're $5 a month, let's say you get, you get 50 coins. Each one of them is worth 10 cents. So if I were to give three coins to Jeremy for that video, he gets 30 cents for that. You know, he gets, huh. he gets the money for it. Um, it's a very interesting well, way of, like, feeding the pigeons, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's something that a lot of makers are doing anyway, but they're using a bunch of platforms to do it. So on their YouTube videos, they're saying, you can head over to my Patreon and see exclusive content, or if you'd like to buy me a coffee because you saw value in this, you can go to buymeacoffee.com. It's just basically putting everything into, into one wrapper. I, I um, do like and, the idea that you can use your money to decide where it goes. That's great. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. So it, it would be $5 a month to, to, to view it as a... As a as a viewer, but that gives you $5 worth of credits. But if you want to buy more credits, you know, to give people more money, you can. It's fine. It's all done from, from within, really simply from within that one app. Yeah, That's the idea. It's a cool merit-based kind of system. So based on the quality of the content and quality of whatever, somebody really exactly, likes it, yeah. they get paid for it. And, and yeah. there's also like a cool uh, evergreen quality to the content as well. It doesn't just get buried. If it's relevant, people are paying to see it. Like the person's going to keep getting paid for people watching exactly yeah yeah but they still get their their money from youtube for the ads because these are just embeds yeah. so they're still getting their views and stuff so there's no extra you, work for a creator sure. they're just getting more money for it that's the idea i love it do you have any numbers of how it well it, basically it'll be it'll be this similar to uh how youtube pays out monetarily or do you have those numbers or um, well, we don't know how how many people will be viewing it or anything like that at all at the moment. But right. it'll be for every every user, they'll automatically be putting five dollars to creators anyway, yeah. which they'll distribute as they see fit. Um, yeah, I think it, yeah, let's, it's great. Especially let's say from Alec, what I for understand example, about what, YouTube. Oh shit! <laughs> sorry, go on, go on, go on. I was just gonna say what I understand about YouTube just really quick is that. You know, before you can start monetizing your content, you have to have so many watch hours over a certain period of time. 
you have to have so many you followers. Do. You need to th- and um and thousand subscribers, both... and I think it's yeah. So I think it's a thousand subscribers, and I think it's forty thousand hours viewed in a year before you can get monetized. Um, but with yeah, this system, so this... you monetize from day one. If it's valuable content right. and people want to give you money, That's you get cool. the money. I would like to give. I there's nothing worse to me than talking about YouTube or YouTubers. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm just kidding. Being a little jokey. No one got that. But I, there's a pod, a new podcast out from friends of ours. It's called The Axe and Iron Podcast, and it's Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Metalworks and Roy Scott of Vintage Axe Works. Great podcast for blacksmiths and you know makers and stuff. And they had an awesome interview with Chris Chris Zeperary of Make Everything Shop because he does a ton on YouTube and it's a very, mm-hmm. very interesting because they talk about the um how YouTube, you know, how they make money, how Chris and his guys over at um over his guys, uh Ilya and Matt make money on their YouTube channel. And I never thought I'd be interested, but that was an interesting podcast. So go listen to um the Axe and Iron podcast and for sure listen to episode number five with Ben Snoor. That is a funny motherfucker, and he is awesome. And he they 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 talk a lot about YouTube, not too much, but if you want to get into the monetary stuff of YouTube, the Chris Zeperary episode is real, real good. So cool, cool. sorry for giving. Do you that think plug, but... on on this trajectory that we're on? I think by about September the seventh, I think it works out about September the seventh. Everybody will have a podcast. <laughs> it just well, seems there's a new podcast every day at the moment. Well, you know, Chris. Chris, they banked. They banked five uh, a few months ago, and Chris actually sent me an early copy to listen to and talk to him about it. Super good dude, and it's not like the Blacksmiths Pub, but it's kind of its own thing, and it fits. Yeah. And yeah, the content is going to be king, and I think that people have to realize, you know, that sometimes you just can't talk and expect people to listen. It got to be interesting. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that's the reason why we are the number one knife-related <laughs> podcast. On the planet, it's because you know we're consistent, we're different voices, and we're interesting, and sometimes we're mildly entertaining. Mildly, so, well, you know. But now the funny thing is, is you know, my wife, my wife was talking to me last night, and she's on Instagram. She's like, "How can you turn off all these notifications as people are going live? Everyone's going live. <laughs> everybody, everybody, and their mother is going live." So I was like, "Ah, look, you want to, you know, we could start a service on how to teach people to go live too, you know." A lot of people are losing their minds. They're stuck in the house, like and we've we've already said, you know, they're with relatives maybe that they're not used to spending this much time with. And they're just like, oh my god. I do like Crazy all times. the the cooking, the the chefs who are doing little videos uh, on Instagram. Yes, like, yeah. Shout out to Jamie Oliver and uh, and uh, uh, Mark Vetri and Chris Constantino and all these guys doing these quick. Uh, Charlie Palmer too did a quick how to you know make a little pasta with some tuna and capers i love yeah. the pantry cooking is awesome that's something that's really, well, J- really cool. jamie oliver at the moment so they've obviously spun this up super super fast but he's he has a tv show on every evening at sort of 5 p.m um which he's recording that day so the whole idea is that you know stuff that you've got stored away in your pantries and so on he's making meals with that and they're recording them that day and putting them out on tv that day crazy actually you know what i love that is so outstanding and then there's actually on in the new york times there's a um there's a a writer her name is allison roman and she's she's known for putting up these recipes these pantry recipes and i Mm. think that you're going to start to see 
more and more of like, all right, we don't need to like plate everything so nice and I don't have to have the truffle oil all the time. You can make it happen with a can of chickpeas and some, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah. I think that I think what Jamie's doing, I watched two of his videos this morning, and there is definitely an air of, de- of, of in- extra intensity. And he's, you know, trying to push away, you know, make people use their scraps and stuff. And I think that is really, really great. He's the man. Definitely the man. Yeah, Congratulations to you, Jeff. It looks as if you finally nailed your bolognese too. It looked good. Looked good this week. Hey, man. <laughs> listen, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I think I, th- I know what I'm doing. Thank you. I appreciate it and never forget. Never forget. I made it last night. We had a, we had a little bit of bad news last night with, in regards to some friends of ours. And um, we just were like, I had, a, I, had a, I had some meat in the freezer in, in the morning. Hillary said maybe we need to have a have a have a little bit of comfort tonight um actually but that reminds me when you were talking about being in your pajamas uh back in the day you're still in your pajamas (laughs) back in the day i had uh when my wife and i first moved to new york we we lived in brooklyn for a while and i'm gonna actually go into brooklyn um on the next episode of uh single track i'm gonna talk about you know we were in new york during 9-11 and kind of kind of having the relationship in, uh, in regards to how the feelings are between this. But one of our landlords was this guy's thin, you know, uh, this thin guy, good shape and stuff like that. And he was talking to us. We were having a nice conversation when we were moving in. And he was talking about how fit he is and how he, how well he eats. And he may or may not have been gay, but it just doesn't really matter. But it just, you know, it adds to the personality of the person that he was, and uh, he's a good dude. But he used to talk about how he he talk about how uh, when uh, he'd eat, you know, very clean all the time. He's once in a while he'd have a gooey day, I mean, like a gooey day. He's like, yeah, you eat some chocolate and some caramel, and you know, you fuck around, eat some, you know, eat some garbage. So, so for we call it call all things call it gooey day. It's like, gross so so i when you told me you were you were sitting in your pajamas oh craig's having a gooey day sitting around having a gooey day i think it's important to have you know and be aware of it as well that you are doing a guilt-free yeah. because you know i was sitting there and i could see the dishes piling up and this morning i was like oh and i'm starting to scratch a bit i'm like oh no oh, no but then i just like nope we're gonna let it all go today and it's you know guilt-free yeah. and um embrace it and we're loving it uh, guilt-free is good you know it's <sighs> We need to be a little. We need to lighten the, lighten the, unbuckle our belts a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I think so. I think so. Shall we get on with the show? Shall we do it? Hey man, can I ask you a question? Okay, that bit of the show where um you ask us questions and we'll try our best. Oh fucking hell! (laughs) (laughs) He's having a gooey day. He's having a gooey day. It's gone to his brain. Come on, guilt free. Right then. Shall we get on with the show? You're doing it in your you're sitting around in your pajamas and you can't remember the word you missed the whole segment. Come on, man. Take two. Okay, <laughs> let's get on with the show. Don't don't you don't you dare edit that. <laughs> Alright, this is Marco Mamasi with KTP News reporting from Icebox Studios. It kind of smells like onions right now. Right, been well. using it as a root cellar, so we got That's onions cool. and potatoes and stuff in here. That might be onion smell. That might be an onion studio now. <laughs> onion studio. Okay, so we haven't been talking about the events the last few episodes, uh, just because so much stuff has been canceled. Just to double check, uh, you know, this weekend the International uh, Custom Cutlery Expo- Expo- uh, Exposition is supposed to be happening. Uh, that's the ICCE show down in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Queensland knife show is supposed to be happening. And 
uh, the bats and bladesmithing symposium is all of these things are supposed to be happening. If you had plans to go to these events, double check those. They're supposed to be happening this weekend, but there's probably a strong chance they're not. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's gonna have to be some. They're gonna have to be some virtual shows coming up because right. it's gonna be hard to get people into a room. Yeah. Right. Well, and if you haven't been paying attention, like you know, for whatever reason, haven't been paying attention or haven't really thought about it. Uh, you know, there's hotel arrangements and flights to rearrange and possibly car rental. There's a whole lot that usually goes along with those things. So check in on your events, whatever they are, even if they're not this weekend and the following weekend, whatever, check them all out and, um, and make sure that you're not screwed. Well, uh, people are going to be screwed. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, just embrace <laughs> as, as, as Josh Smith says, embrace the grind. You're about to get ground embrace into the, the grind, your wallet. Yeah. So, yeah and then the, I mean, I mean, I don't know what else you guys got, but the last thing I have is our friend Francesca of Wilburn Forge Leather. She still ha- is part of this uh, leather making competition that's happening over on an Amer- on at American Tanning on Instagram. Uh, she is entry number twenty eight, and if you go over, and I'll link up in my Instagram and or share a crossover on knife talk podcast as well. Instagram. Um, if you give her a like the way the contest work is basically each like acts as a vote. So if you haven't already gone over and given her a like, please go do that. Show her, her lo- our love and support. She's a phenomenal person, super talented leather worker. Um, yeah. And also she's a super talented knife maker. I would love to see more knives from her, but she's got a lot going on anyways, but uh, yeah, that's it. That's what I got for the news. Speaking okay. of a little bit of a little bit of uh, virtual, uh, the the Modern Forge boys and I might do a Zoom for their YouTube channel. We might do like a, you know, it, it sounds like it'll probably be just a giant ball breaking, uh, and we're gonna <laughs> record it and and uh, put it on the Modern Forge. John's trying to gonna put it all together, and we're gonna probably gonna watch us all yell at each other like the Brady Bunch. You know? Oh, nice. It's true. What news have I got? The only news that I've got is go watch Tiger King. It's great. Hey man, can I ask you a question? Okay, you, take two. You put me over the you put me over the edge with Tiger King. I want the Tiger King back. Oh, it is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. He <laughs> well, yeah. he ran for I think he ran for governor or of Florida or or president at one point. One of them did. I don't know anything about it except for my wife and I think that there's gonna be some uh animal cruelty and i think that's the reason why we're probably trying to stay away from it yeah you don't really see cruelty as such but it's more the moral thing should they be keeping these cats oh um but do you know like sometimes you watch a drama and like when it finishes and they do it on purpose and they 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 take you right to the cliff edge then they finish and you've got to watch the next one but this is like real life and you just non-stop like what the fuck it's just (laughs) crazy crazy so anyway, hey man, can I ask you a question? The bit of the show where we uh, we try to answer your questions, and again, we don't know all the answers, but we, sometimes we have fun trying to answer them. So I'll take the first one, which is from uh, Warfly Forge. A friend of mine has a blade with a severe warp that's been there since he purchased it. He wants me to repair um, a broken a broken tip and retreat it as an attempt to straighten it out. I'll try to tell him it would be the same cost for me to build him an entirely new knife, but he's set on fixing the original. I kind of feel like it's a situation where someone tries to have a, a tattooist finish another uh, artist's work, and he says, any thoughts on that? So either of you guys ever tried to fix anybody else's work before? Uh, I have. Uh, let's see. First off, if this is 
I guess I would have more issue if it's an actual and like another craftsman's work, but if it's some commercially made stuff, you know, I've refurbished lots of knives. Um, especially if I find them, I think I talked before, I find them at like the vintage shop or something like, or, you know, whatever antique store, mm. you know, cleaning them up. Cause they usually basically look like crap and they're all covered in rust and blah, blah, blah. I don't have any qualms with that, but when it comes to another craftsman's work, um, especially if you have a relationship with that person, um, you definitely, I feel like you, if you feel confident, you could fix it. Definitely reach out to that person and see how they feel about it. I actually did this a couple of years ago with uh, there's a maker in Connecticut uh, named Andy Billup, and he's a super talented guy, really cool. Uh, he's a farmer, but he also does these beautiful kind of brute to forge aesthetic chef's knives. And um, I happened to be working at the shop at Dragon's Breath, and one of the students owned one of Andy's knives, and um, he was asking if. Uh, the, Matt, who was teaching the class, would tune up the knife, but Matt didn't feel confident in it. He asked me how I felt, and I was like, I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, I could fix that. Um, and it, it wasn't just a quick fit. It was like, <laughs> fortunately, the guy was taking like a, a couple-day class, so over the next couple days, you know, I could redress the blade's edge because it had a chip in it. I could thin the blade. I could re-etch it. I did all that stuff, um, which sounds super time consuming would it but it wasn't really it's just it's a matter of having the skills to do it but before i did any of that i reached out to andy and i was like hey man got a guy over here taking this class would how do you you know i told him what looked like was going on i'd be happy to tune it up and do it and see what he thought and he was like yeah go ahead I would, i'd be honored for you to do that um but at the same time you know, again, yeah, I think it's all about being confident in your ability to do whatever needs to be done. If you don't, I think that's just one of those things where you say, "I, it, no, sorry, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that." Which is hard to say, especially if it's a buddy of yours. But that's never hard to say. To, it's, it's not hard. I think people get too worried time. about saying no to people. I think you say, think you, you got to tell the guy number one, you can't fix a warp with the handle on it." That's just not going to happen. You know, you just, you're going to fuck it all up. And number two, you got to educate this dude. I had a, my chef buddy, uh, Sturgis, uh, I was getting some beer from his restaurant and, uh, he said, Hey, do you think you could fix my knife? I got, I, I bent the tip. I bent the tip up. It's all fucked up. And I said, well, let me see it. And he showed it to me one of the bullshit, you know, what, you know, these factory, you know, what are these, you know, mizzen or one of these nonsense knives. And I looked at it and I said, Jesus Christ, what did you do to it? Because I was trying to use it as a screwdriver. And I said, I'll, I'll fix this knife. I'm going to make it the way I'm going to make it. I'm going to fix the tip. I'm going to, I'm going to fix the tip. I'm going to change the tip. I'll give it a, I'll give it a lick and clean it up. And I was like, but I, but don't, don't expect this to turn into like, uh, you know, I'm turning this piece of shit into less of a piece of shit. I'm going to, it's something you can help me with. I don't care about that. I said, but I, at the same time, I get a lot of messages from people. So you sharpen other people's knives and I generally don't. Just because I just don't really want to, but you know, yeah. Tell this guy, I, yeah. You know, forget it. I think there's nothing wrong with saying no to people if you if you don't want the work, even if they're friends. If they're friends, even more so, because surely they'd understand. But you know, if, if you're doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable, or you know, there's a risk factor of breaking somebody else's work, I just think no, and, and just you know, explain that to them as well, and you should be good. This totally reminds me now that we're on the break kev from australia's balls kev slattery i'm gonna break <laughs> kev's slattery's balls a little bit 
This reminds me. Thank you, Mareko, for bringing that, bringing his name up because I wouldn't have remembered. Kev had a guy in the United States who had needed his knife fixed, and he sent me a message. He says, "Do you think you could? Fi- It'd be a lot easier for me if you could fix." He got he dropped on the floor. Let me got a crack in or something. If you could just fix the problem for me, it would be a big help to me. And I and I was like, all right. I was like, I don't really want to, but for you, Kev, anything. So the guy sends me guy sends me the knife. And it got a, it's got a chip on the, on the heel of the handle. And he, all of a sudden, I, was like, I said to Kevin, that's all I'm going to do is I'm just going to fix that thing, and I'm going to, that's it. I mean, I, I'm not going to charge him because I love Kev. Kev Slattery is my friend. I want to help my friend Kev. Fucking customer sends me a, a laundry list of other things he wants done to the knife, knowing that I'm not charging Kev. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I was like, Kev, what the fuck did you get me into? So I, I, I ended up fixing the handle and did a good job. I was nervous. Kev does a great job. I saw one of Kev's knives up front. I was like, Ugh, he does such a nice job. You know, I wish it was some flea bag. If it was a flea bag, it would be a lot of, I would feel so guilty, but I, I fixed that problem and I, and I sharpened it up and I put it in the mail and I didn't hear a goddamn thing from the guy. And I was, that was, I didn't hear another goddamn thing from the customer. Didn't even say God or anything. And I, and I started breaking Kev's ball. I was like, what's wrong with your, your customer can't even tell me received it or anything. So that's Kev. That's it's a uh, six months coming. That's six months coming. I I give it to you, but I took care of it. It's out of the system now. It's out of the system. I'm um, thank you for reminding me, Mareko. I I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have remembered, but it's true. There you go. So fuck <laughs> that guy. I'm just kidding. All right. This next one is from J Hall underscore bro. He says, "Can I ask you a question from Idaho? Uh, if you, sorry, I just." Oh Jesus! I Go ahead. The text. Okay. If you build an EDC knife, should you make a sheath for it when you? Uh, sorry. Should you make a sheath for it when you send it to the customer? Well, should you? you? Think? Would you? Th- what do you want to? That's the thing. Is that you're the boss? You you you've sold the knife. So if you've sold it with a sheath, obviously you need to send a sheath with it. But well, yeah. If you I haven't, mean, it's not, it's, it's, you know, it's not a fine you know, print thing. You're the it? boss. <laughs> I, I, when I first started making knives, I ended up having, uh, uh, Kyle Daly was making my leather sheaths and I'd have to send it to him and he'd make me the leather sheaths. Shout out to Kyle. He has, runs a podcast called Knife Perspective. God bless you, Kyle. Good luck with your podcast. And I'm with you hundred percent. All right. And, um, so what I noticed <laughs> was it just was a pain in the ass for me to, you know, it was a pain in the ass for me to send it to him. It was a pain in the ass for him to send it back to me. So I did Kydex sheaths just to kind of allow myself to be able to send everything out directly from here. I think that when you're dealing with something that is meant to be on a belt, I think it's probably wise to have an option to do it. Because then all of a sudden a guy pays for a custom knife and then he gets it and he's like, well, now what am I going to do with it? Just hold it in my teeth? You got to put it in something. You know, or you got to have to have a, a leather guy or somebody you're connected with that can get to that. Be the one-stop shop. That's what I think. Hello? Am I disconnected? No, no, we hear you. We <laughs> hear right, you. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Maraca? I, I mean, I think I think it needs to be clear in, uh, in the communication whether or not that's happening. And, and because the last thing anybody wants um, is for the customer to expect a sheath and then in the knife sh- not sh- show up without a sheath. Um, and especially if it's a custom knife, you know, you can't just buy a sheath anywhere. Um, and just throw the knife in it, you know, so 
Yeah, I think well, if you can manage making the sheath or know somebody who can manage making the sheath, offer that option um, just so that that part of the conversation is clear that either I can make it or I can, I know this great person who can make it. Um, but that way, yeah, it's just covered. And we're, we're, there's something right on the, under our nose that we're not really addressing, which is EDC means everyday carry. So it's not like everyday carry doesn't mean it's in your hand the whole time. It's like, you gotta, <laughs> you know, if you're doing, if you're calling it an EDC knife, everyday yeah. carry knife, gotta carry it in something. You can't just put it in your teeth every day, you know? So yeah. I think that let's just like just a buck in have, here. Yeah, I mean it's like I mean <laughs> right. Swing you're it not from ropes. Your, stick it in your ship pants, to ship. Cut your dick off. You're not gonna do that. <laughs> you gotta put it in something. Come on, man. Everyday carry, not everyday like you know hold. EDC easy dick cutter. That's what it means. You surely. love you love this talk. You love you love it. You love it. <laughs> oh boy, enormous dick, dick cutter. I, I got you. I know where you're going. I'm with you. I, I go with it. <laughs> Next one comes from Noble Savage Forge. Hey there, sugar tits. Well, that seems unfortunate. That seems like a real unfortunate way to start this question. Sugar tits. That's uh, fine. I'm with you, Noble Savage, but you know, a little bit hard. Uh, I have a question for you guys. What do you think of what do you think the hot new knife style will be this year? Tonto? Parang? Fighter? What do you think? So you oh, it's gotta be those. Go Gotta ahead. be those big zombie killers people are making. Mm. Thinking the apocalypse is nigh, you know? I've seen so many of them at the moment. <laughs> I had a very unfortunate interaction with my lovely, one of my lovely postal workers who she asked me if I made hunting knives. And I said, well, yeah, kind of. And she goes, I said, why? And she goes, well, you know, I, I, I think I might start carrying something. I'm like, please, just if you're gonna, don't, don't, just let's, let's just be normal. And then, I would never, I would never suggest to anyone to to use personal protection without any kind of training. So I just had to say to her, like, look, if you're going to do any kind of self-defense kind of stuff, don't just buy shit just to have it because you really need to have a little bit of training. My personal opinion in regards to what knife's going to be popular is going to be something that's going to be very utilitary. A utilitary, util, utility, a utility knife, especially something you can use in the kitchen, like a short knife that maybe you can have a little bit more robust that you can use for other things you know something a little bit more uh versatile that's what i i think there's some statistic like crazy statistic of you know people get this idea that i'm going to carry a knife or carry a gun with but they don't have training and often those weapons get used against them and Mm. so yeah if you're gonna try to be like that you gotta get some you got to get some training. But it's not just that. It's like you, you, you don't just see a power hammer and then buy it, never use, trying it, never practicing using it before. You know, these all these pieces of equipment that we have, saws and all this stuff, you do need a degree of training. Otherwise, problems are going to happen. But uh, I think yeah. that, um, you know, I think we can agree that all everything that, you know, you just don't start getting things and just start popping things off right out of the chute, you know? Sure. I think... Trend wise, what what I foresee is, um, <clears throat> and I think people are still going to be shills and slanging dog shit, but I think realistically, the customer base is going to be a lot more careful about how they're spending their money because already, you know, all this craziness is having a huge effect on world markets. And 
that's affecting people's wallets. And so I think I'm actually, I'm hoping that the trend is people just working with higher level integrity and quality and attention to detail in their work so that they're just, they're just putting out better knives and those dog shit slingers kind of lose their place at the table. Well, unfortunately we're, we're dealing in a business of luxury items. And I think that, right. Unless we are going to be, I think you need to figure out the the style that's going to work is the style that not only is going to be good, but and I think that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to want to help artisans over these big companies. But I think that you're going to want to deal with uh, value and something that actually filling a need that people really want. Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion. I agree with you though, but uh, it's luxury items are going to be uh, a problem pretty soon. Yeah. Okay, okay. Next one is from Singer Bladeworks. I'm in the process of moving out of a makerspace and finally open up my own shop. The makerspace is really far away and it would be good to have my own equipment with me under one roof. The problem is finding the actual space. I can't have something on my own property because the land is too small and poorly shaped for a shop. Real estate agents won't help me because my requirements for space are too small uh, to be worth it for them. I've looked for months on Craigslist or loopnet.com and I've asked glassblowers if they had any ideas with no results. Are they in the know, glassblowers? Is that, they get lots is that of a room. trick to find a space? There we go. Lots of room. Um, anything I've found is either too large, stupidly expensive, or landlords recoil when I mention a large open flame. So what do you guys do? He says, love the podcast, keep up the great work. <laughs> Don't mention so, the large open flame. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, possibly. Oh, yes, I yeah. Mean, so, what about you, Jeff? You've got a, you've got a standalone shop, you know, away from your house. How did you find that, and how did you go around I mean, things like insurance, and convincing landlords? I've done. I, I've I've tried to create relationships in my in my area. You know, I I've become very, without looking for any anything. You know, I try to when I try to do stuff for people around here, I try to do it without the you know looking for any kind of benefit. So I've be, I've done things for people and I've become friendly with people in this area because I want, I want my area of Westchester to do well, you know, cause if everybody does well here, then the property value goes up and then, you know, there's value to our house. We can forget about that right now, but I'd be, I've made friends with enough people that, you know, I just, it was a, it was a, I got lucky with my shop. My, my, uh, the, my landlord is a friend of mine who I've known for a long, long time. And we were having a conversation one night and I just said, I got to get the fuck out of here. I can't, I can't work in my shed anymore. I can't forge because my neighbors hate, you know, they'll, they'll want to come over and see what's going on. And I just, it's just enough. I want to, I want to move into the woods with a barn. And he's like, I got a space for you. So I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times is, you know, I don't like to use the expression networking, but I mean, when you start to learn, know people and listen and talk to people, things can manifest themselves and and i think that you might have to be a little bit use some more unorthodox tactics to find out uh things i know like jesse savage he built his shop uh and he had to you know there was zoning issues that he had to work out and there was a lot of people a lot of people have to you kind of have to be if you're creative and you're a maker you have to kind of make an opportunity too you know so Hmm. my opinion is is like there's no you know i think you just have to kind of be creative and unorthodox yeah, I'm, it's, it's I mean, a very I'm, different situation for me because my shop's in my house, um, and the a part of the lower floor of, the, of of my house was actually a shop anyway, and with like a retail space to it. So, 
Um, it's not ideal. Um, and I think maybe, you know, if, you, if you're looking for somewhere, you've probably got all these things that, you, you know, you, you require. You may just need to be a bit more flexible if the properties aren't out there. Because, I mean, yeah. mine isn't ideal here. It's not the biggest. Um, and I've, you just going to need to make do and sort of grow into the space yourself, you know, and make it work for you. So, um, yeah, keep an open mind to what you see. And because, you know, my idea of what my shop would be is changing every six months. I'm, you know, just this week I've torn things apart and rearranged things again. So, um, yeah, just be flexible, really, in your mindset, I, I suppose. And look at Craig. I mean, he's in his shop now in his pajamas. So, I mean, that's flexible right now. In my there. pajamas. Yeah. Couldn't be he's more flexible. Scratching my nuts. Out how to make it... Sitting back. <laughs> balls hanging out. Just relaxing. <laughs> relaxing with balls hanging out in his shop, recording a podcast. That's flexible right there. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, Morocco? I mean, uh... <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, so hopefully, shop, hopefully, no, fully dressed to begin out. with. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> no wonder they call it Onion Studio. Yeah. My shop is uh, my shop situation is actually very similar to Jeff's. Um, I'm renting from a friend who has property, and he's got a couple warehouses on that property. And in that, in one of those warehouses, he had a little bit of space. Um, that you know, it it was full of stuff, but he was able to kind of reorganize things and open stuff up for me, uh which is very fortunate for me and and yeah I, I i think that is that has definitely been the key for me is it's it's helpful renting from somebody you know but uh, in even in my area so i know uh this is so the question is from david singer and he's in boston proper and so f- for me when i was looking in, at shop space you know a few years back it, it was really hard to find small amounts of shop space there's all kinds of warehouse space and stuff that's like five thousand ten thousand square feet but there was nothing small enough and at the time and still now i don't I'm, my current shop's 600 or it's just under 600 square feet and you know i could realistically i could work out of smaller and um and there there's just nothing that small available and so i started going around to like people businesses i knew and like auto garages um and pl- just other or, or or started talking to people who that I knew, because um, you know you don't know who they know who might have a, a some space in the corner of their workshop or an extra you know garage or car park that they they can open up as a shop. Um, but yeah, getting small enough space is actually I feel like is way harder than getting plenty of space. You know. Um, and especially starting out your own shop, you know, you probably don't have a ton of equipment uh, and it's not really necessary to have a ton of equipment, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like, like Jeff said, you know, I'm, I'm renting from a friend, so it, it's been very uh, easy for me to work out of the space that I got right now. There you go. All next right. question. What's the next question, dude? Is that why yeah, this... it's so you... No, nah, it's me. It's me. All right. This this next one's from Peter Man Knives. He says, "Hey guys, here's another question for you. I started making knives about half a year ago, and I'm living it, loving it so far. Living I just read it so exactly far. what yeah, he said. Yeah, it's about loving it so far. Yeah. But now people start asking me if I would sell my knife to them, uh, my knives to them, and I don't know if I feel comfortable enough with my skills to actually earn money with it. Is the is there some sort of test?" Or skill level I should reach first before I start selling knives. How do I know if I'm ready? 
Yes. What do you guys if got? People are willing to give you money for your knives, and they've seen them and they've held them. Take their money. Boom. That's what I say. They they know what they're getting. You're being honest about it. And look, you're a knife maker and you're selling knives. You're now a professional knife maker. Congratulations. Yeah. It's, 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 it's that simple. If people are willing to give you money for something which they can physically see and hold, they're happy with it. Take their money. And they're happy with the decision that they've made and they're, they know what you're doing and boom. 100%. There's no, yeah. you know, not to pass a test for people to, no. you know, but you do have to stand behind your shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But d- don't get me wrong. In in six months' time, you'll look back at those knives and go, "Oh shit, I can't believe I made that." Oh, fine. But they're happy with it, and they want to they want to buy it. So provide the service. Sure. That's what I say. I would say if you want to feel a little bit more comfortable or confident in your work, because I mean, I don't obviously it doesn't say what he's making, but if you you know you're making hunters, um, hunting knives, and you you're worried about you know. Are, is the knife gonna break or whatever you know it's hard to do especially as a new maker and you've just spent all this time you know god knows how much time making a knife to then try to turn around and do destruction testing on it it's it's a little heartbreaking but at the same time it will give you more confidence in the work that you're doing if not teach you where you need to make improvements and once you start doing that um, you'll feel a lot more confident selling your work to people. I know, I know. At least for me, you know, that's that's one of the things that really made it, made a difference in my confidence was you know just doing some testing, like experimenting, and then beating the shit out of my knives, taking them way beyond what they would ever experience just to see what they could handle, and it made me feel a lot more confident in their ability to stand up and do a good job. That might help. There we go. But here's one thing. If you're going to be making a knife, you're going to need a good grinder. Boom. So I personally use a, a Clarix Metalworks grinder from clarixmetalworks.com. It's their BG Pro. It's made in Bulgaria in their own factory where they make everything themselves. They don't import stuff in. They make it all themselves. They'll ship worldwide. But the BG Pro is great. It comes with a VFD. It's, it's super, super flexible. It can be horizontal, vertical. Um, comes with a choice of like contact wheels from massive to you know small sets and so on. Great, great grinder. It's my everyday grinder, and I've got a few here, but this is the one that I use every single day. So it's the BG Pro from Clarix Metalworks, and you can get five percent off if you use Knife Talk Five as a promo code at checkout. But go have a look at that, what they do. They've got lots of great stuff on their site, so it's clarixmetalworks.com. All right, Jeff, do you want to take the next one? Yes, from your buddy. This is my buddy. This is John Ariani, Sunset Forge NJ. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? He wants the Jay-Z drop. Do you have oh, that by any oh, chance? He's one of that. Here we go. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> <laughs> Could you speak? The license, we stopped playing that because the license fee. we got to give Jay-Z thousands of dollars every time we play that. So one more time for John. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> it still sounds to me like uh, John Travolta from, like, uh, Sat- uh, Saturday Night Fever. It does. It does. I've always yeah. felt that was, like, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> come on, come on, man. Um, could you speak more? Now, he wants, could you speak more about the order of operations when finishing integral knives? Like, how far to take the blade and bolster before fitting the handle? How far to take the handle before etching and finishing? I love the show, especially the one with Uncle Sunset. Yeah, he 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 had a good time when I, when I was on with me. But I will tell you this: I will tell you this. And Mareko, you take the whole question, but I will tell you this: He was so excited to be in this podcast. We had a good time. 
he got in the car with me. He saw the 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 mic went on, and I started doing the knife talk sponsored by Even Heat. The, the color drained from his face. Like all of a sudden, if you listen to that podcast, <laughs> the first twenty minutes, there's a one moment where he's sitting around, not saying anything, cracking his fucking knuckles. I mean, it was like I'm like, what are you doing? You cracking your knuckles on a podcast? What do you think this is? I love John Ariani. He's the best. So go ahead, uh, Morocco. Give us your the. Uh, the uh, order of operations for finishing an integral knife. You just finished that giant 11 and a half inch slicer. I listen, you don't, don't want to. He was spent the day with me. He knows what I said. He didn't, he's asking for you. You don't want my, you don't want what I do. <laughs> he wants what you do. All right. Uh, let's see. I got to go back through this. All right. Uh, maybe I just do it off the top of my head. So I forged my blade. I do most, if not all, my heat treating processes with the blade as forged. Uh, unless it, uh, the material at the edge is super thick, I actually don't even do any primary grinding. Um, but if it's if it's uh, kind of around an eighth or so, I'll pull it back to about a sixteenth of an inch along the edge. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Before I do my heat treat, and then I will straight out of that, I'll do all of my finished blade grinding. Um, so I I flat grind up to about one twenty. And then before I start doing any of my S-grind or convex or anything, that's when I start addressing and cleaning the front side of my integral bolster. So it's kind of similar to how, you know, if you're doing handle scales, you clean the front of those handle scales where it transitions to the blade. I kind of do that same thing. Um, but then I don't really do anything to the rest of the bolster because I shape that along with the handle material so that it all, at least the way I assemble my handles, is so that everything flows really nicely. and. The only way I can achieve that flow is when I'm sculpting the bolster simultaneously with the handle, handle material. So I will go on and complete my finish grinding, and then I will um, knock on some flats on either side of the, the integral bolster. And that gives me a, a place to properly mount my carbide file guide shoulders um, on either side. And I actually, I, I've started using, because I just eyeball it, I don't have a... a a very smart way of getting it perfectly parallel. Um, and so I use little kind of like leather gaskets or grommets in there on either on the inside of the carbide shoulders, just to help take up any extra, you know, suck up any gaps or anything like that. But it also really helps lock, lock those carbide file guides onto the bolster on either edge. And plus because it's leather, when you start grinding away, if there's any leather kind of exposed, it just gets ground away. So then I clean the bottom of my bolster, I get it all nice and flat, and then uh, I take the file guides off. You know, I drill a couple holes in my handle and uh, a couple quarter inch holes side by side, and then I break the webbing just using the same drill bit. I have a, uh, a brooch, a handle brooch, which is kind of like a, I don't know, it's like this weird little metal, or it's a piece of metal with basically like saw teeth on it that's used to clean out the 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 tang slot and and then I glue it up. You know, I if I'm if I'm doing a through tang construction, there's a lot more that goes into that that I'm not going to really get into because that's a pain in the ass. But um, if it's just kind of a standard hidden tang kind of traditional construction, which is realistically for a chef's knife is plenty, and actually even for hunting knives, it's plenty. But you just cut in little grooves in the in the uh, tang um, to kind of. 
I guess to kind of create uh, like teeth in a way that the uh, the glue can uh, set up into once you get it all glued up so that the knife is less likely, at least the idea and the concept is that the knife is less likely to slide out of the tank slot. But if you do everything right, it you're, you're going to be pretty damn solid. Um, and I think, I don't know, did I cover everything? That seems like that's basically it. Boom. There you go. And then uh, there you go. I know it's hard. It's hard doing all these, like describing all this stuff without having the visual, like walkthrough. (laughs) But you got it. You you covered that. Maybe someday I'll. Maybe someday I'll go on MakerTube and put together a uh, video. Exclusive video. Fifteen credits to watch. (laughs) Fifteen credits to watch. Yeah, John, get your goddamn credits. Uh, next one is from LJ Penn. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? If I want to get an unknown steel tested to see what it is, where can I get it done? Hmm. I wouldn't have a clue. No I have a clue. So there are, actually, if you look, just Google metal test, there are places that li- literally, that's what, this is what they do. They test metals. And um, the place I've used is here, actually, in Washington State, called Metal Test Incorporated. Uh, their website is metaltest-inc.com. There's also another one that's metaltest.com. It's down in Texas somewhere. Uh, but my experience, so I had a bunch of saw blades, that, and I want to make knives out of them. And I thought it would be really cool. But the re- problem with uh, unknown steels is that exactly that. You don't know what it's made from, and which kind of makes heat treating um, tricky. But also, you know, you want to know that you're actually working with a steel that's going to yield a quality cutting tool of some sort, whatever you end up making. And so, fortunately, the company was really, uh, I I just asked them as many questions as I could, which was basically about, you know, if I send you samples, what size do samples need to be? How clean do they need? Like, what do I need to do? And so, I cleaned them up to a uh, hundred and twenty grit finish. I only had to send you don't have to send a lot of material. I just sent a little uh half inch by half inch but again, I would confirm with them what they want um because they basically they're gonna and don't expect to get it back they're gonna destroy it um trying to figure out what the material is um just the the way they use testing it's not just shooting a little laser at it or anything they they actually do a chemical um think breakdown where they i think they decompose the material um but yeah there there are places out there just look up metaltesting.com or, or yeah or, metal testing metal com or metal testing on google and you'll get some you'll get sounds some expensive yeah all right that's I the mean, other thing so you know, yeah what? it's 50 at least the last time i did it, it was 50 dollars a sample but huh, that's not terrible it's not terrible, and if, if you're it sitting sounds on a pile like a, of shit, if you're sitting on a pile of saw blades and you don't know what to do, exactly. Well, and I, I mean, realistically, if you have a bunch, of, like I have a bunch of two man crosscut saw blades, like the old style for taking down trees and stuff, and bucking off logs. Um, you you realistically should get each one sam- uh, sampled just to double check because there's no guarantee they're coming from the same material, and it sounds like that will adds up really quick. But if you get even one knife out of one of those giant saw blades, you know, you've paid for the test right there. And, I, you know, I've, you could probably get probably close to a, almost a dozen knives, depending on the size of knife you're doing. Um, so those, the, as long as it's good steel, um, you know, that's going to pay for itself. If it's not, 
you're you're gonna be happy you did the test and didn't waste all that time, you know, making knives out of crap. There you are. There we go. Google it. That's the answer. Google it. <laughs> this this whole Google this whole it. part of the show could you replace with just Google it each time? <laughs> yeah, we're we're had it with your dumb questions, everybody. <laughs> it's like, oh god, just what, all of a sudden we're the ones who are going to give you all the advice. Use your computer, you motherfuckers. You you have enough time to send us these messages. <laughs> Jesus. All right. This next one is from our homie, Ashley Childs. Uh, I think she's actually in Denver right now. She's such a, she's a gypsy, man. She gets around. Uh, she asks, that's, I'm sorry, Ashley. That sounded terrible. She's a world, she's well-traveled. She's a world traveler. Globetrotting. How do you like your pasta? Super al dente or soft? Any uh, pasta tips, my friend? Thank you for being so awesome and entertaining. Big hugs. To the Knife Talk crew and listener, much love from the road. Ashley Childs. What do you guys, how do you take your pasta? You know what? I'm a bit, <laughs> strange question, but yeah, I'm a big way, fan though. of just dried pasta. The, the, you know, if, if you're talking fresh pasta, it needs to be fresh, fresh. But, you know, you get like fresh pasta from, like, from the fridge in stores, and that's always bullshit. So if that's the case, I'd go with dried pasta because I prefer the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the texture. Um, but if you are, you know, if you're getting fresh pasta, the only way to do it is to make it super fresh yourself so it's nice and silky and so on. Don't buy the fresh pasta it's from the store. It's getting frothed up, ladies germs. You're getting frothed up. You're already getting frothed yeah. up. You're talking about food. He's having a gooey day over there in his pajamas. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's my pasta tips. <laughs> Back it off. <laughs> Hop in the shower there, Craig. Don't get too fired up. <laughs> I learned a Anybody trick. Anybody else? Pasta tips. <laughs> I learned a trick. I learned a trick uh, that uh, I like. I'm the same. I don't like fresh pasta. Can kiss my ass. I'm, not, I'm super not interested. I do like. There's used to be some places in uh, Manhattan, Little Italy, that I used to get. You could get frozen fresh pasta, like ravioli. That does really well. frozen ravioli does great. I love that stuff. But like for pasta, I like dried pasta. Because I do like uh, al dente, which is, you know, to the tooth. Uh, one thing I did learn is don't trust the box. The box, if the box says 11 minutes, you drop it back to and <laughs> taste it. And then don't do that malarkey where you put it in the water. Don't take it out of the pasta and put it under cold water. That's some bullshit. What you do is you take it out two minutes early, and then you finish it off in the sauce and, and toss it in the sauce. I do like it. If it if you fuck it up and makes it too soft, you ruin the whole thing. That's my opinion. Oversalt the water, loads and loads of salt, more than you think you need. I learned that recently that these guys like the water like the sea, and that was almost mm. like I, I started doing that, and actually, it became a little bit too salty. Like the next hour, I felt like my my fucking ankles were swelling. I felt like I was like getting my like my my throat. <laughs> my was I mean, I was like, I was like a like a slug with a little oil with a little salt on. It. I was like shriveling up and shit. <laughs> Too much salt for me, but salt the water yeah. for sure. I actually I like fresh pasta um, myself, but what the fuck do I know? You look, you like what uh, you like. We're not yucking your yum. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a taste no thing. actually. So Jamie Oliver actually has a really great uh, fresh pasta recipe that is super quick. And first time I ever made fresh pasta uh, myself was based off of that recipe which is super simple it's just you know it's just egg pasta egg and flour and mix it up and roll it out many times um but 
if uh, when it comes to dry pasta, which is what I normally eat, is I, I like al dente for certain meals, but when it comes to macaroni, oh, I yeah. like I like overboiled. I like it super soft for macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah, I that is a very good pro tip, ladies and germs. Al dente mac and cheese can kiss this ass. Yeah, totally. Another pro tip is if you don't have the pasta, if you don't have like long, you know, wide pasta, get yourself some of that dried uh, lasagna pasta. Boil that fucker, mm. that fucker up, and cut that shit into nice thick pasta. That's some good. That's some good right there. Mm, right. Gives you the pappardelle. Good call on the mac and cheese. Pasta tips on us. Wow. Good call on the mac and cheese. Oh boy. All right, there you go. Yeah. Next one. Comes. Okay. All right, all right. Go for it. Go, go for it. After you, sir. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to talk about one of our sponsors. Do it. So um, I'm finally going to put some time aside this week to finish my Knife Talk build-along knife. Um, but this was originally sponsored by KnifePrint.com. So for those who don't know, have never heard the show before, um, I designed all my, my blades on, on screen first. And I've used a number of sort of CAD programs. And they're not always easy to use. Um, but I found KnifePrint.com which is basically a 2D CAD program. So you can design your blade um, within a browser. So there's nothing to download. It'll work on a Mac. It'll work on a PC. It'll work on anything you can get the internet on. Um, and you can, you can design your, your knives in, you know, within the browser. No software at all to, to download. So it's brilliant. There's lots of really good tutorials. And I think at this time where a lot of us will have a lot of downtime, we can use this time to learn a new skill and I think learning sort of CAD design is, is always going to put you in good stead. So go take a look at knifeprint.com where you can design your own blades. Super, super simple. But they also have a service where they'll cut the blade out for you. They'll use a laser cutter and they'll ship you a blank. So if you're prototyping new designs, you can actually get the physical knife in your hand. Um, so, yeah, go take a look. Knifeprint.com, completely free to use. They do have a pro account, which gives you some extra features and discounts on ordering blanks. And if you want to use that, you can use the knife print uh, 10 promo code to get 10% off. But go take a look. It's knifeprint.com. It's great. It's written by a young man who I think he was doing like a computer science degree or something like that. And this was what he chose to make. Um, his dad uh, actually makes grinders, that kind of thing. So, you know, he, he knows a bit about making knives anyway. Um, but he's young and he's making it happen. So go take a look, knifeprint.com. Back to you, Jeff. I'm going to hop down to our friend Josh Prince. Prince Forgeworks asks, Hey guys, what's your spirit animal or animal that you most identify with and why? Feel free to assign one, one to the other hosts. Mine is a tortoise. I like their toughness and determination as well as their chill mood and love for basking in the heat. Just something silly. So what's your spirit animal, guys? <sighs> tiger. Tiger. I have to see a Tiger King oh, this week. It's all I've got in my head. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, seriously, um, what would it be? Uh, I'll tell you, you know what, what my really... mine isn't. Those little oh. fucking parang, those little goddamn anteaters from, from, from those little anteaters from Malaysia, those little par- parang yangs or whatever that goddamn fill with coronavirus. Ain't <laughs> going to be one of them. Ain't going to be that motherfucking bat either or that civet, all those animals. And it isn't, and you know, God bless those poor little animals. It's not their fault. It's the people who thought they could get their dick hard by eating one of them. That's the pro- that's the problem. These motherfuckers is try to eat these. Is that where this has come little... from now? What'd you say? Is that where this thing has come well, from? Well, they're that saying these, these that it's not, they're saying that all these 
there's a certain exotic animals that are that people are eating to get their dicks hard and and they're filled with these SARS viruses and coronaviruses. Stop it. Stop worrying about how you know this is this is all going to come down in a few in a few years in regards to our egos and our narcissism and our our need for hard dicks. This is what it's all going to come down to and it's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be embarrassing. So they're not my they're not my spirit animal. <laughs> the aliens fly in. So what I'm was telling their problem? You, what were they this, trying to do? Get their dicks to get hard. His dick hard. This is exa- <laughs> I'm telling you the, the, the fucking you should see that one animal. It looks like a fucking pokemon. It looks like a I'm telling you it's called a uh a, a penguin or p- penguin. It looks Pangua. like a, a whatever. It looks like this crazy armored anteater that comes out of pokemon. They just they grind up his scales and Sprinkle it on their penises or something. I think it's called a Charmander. Is it Charmander? <laughs> Do they sprinkle it on their penis? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, don't... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, oh, I, mean I don't know Christ. what they do. I put it in a taco. I have no idea. It's like, I mean, but I mean, you know, we got to knock it off with our, you know, dick problems. Just accept it. There we go. I mean, seriously, it's like, all right, your dick doesn't work. All right, fine. You don't have to fucking eat everything to, to sprinkle shit on your dick to, you know, <laughs> start global pandemics because you can't get an erection. It's enough. There you go. That's my answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> back, to, back, to, back to spirit animals. Uh, Mareko, what have you got? <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say Ewok. That would be my my dream spirit animal would be an Ewok. Yeah, so I'm only gonna grind that yeah. little bastard up too. <laughs> Mine's a sloth today, or a sloth, or a sloth. You know those, those quiet things. I just want to sleep all day, and uh, that's me today. All right, there you go. Mm, nice. Okay, your... let's move on. <laughs> Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! You know, and what a better time to be ordering new supplies and stuff like that. If you're going to be stuck in or stuck in your shop, uh, make sure you make the most of the discounts by using KNIFETALK15 to get 15% off at Combat Abrasives. Shall we move on with some tips from Absolutely. listeners? Hey, you. You know what you should do? Oh, my God. Is that supposed Reco, to me? be me? <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's way down. It's buried, and I don't. I wasn't ready for it. Sorry. All right. This is the part of the show. Here, let me start. You want to play the thing again? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No editing. Okay. No editing. Okay. Come on, man. You're on your own. All right. <laughs> This is the part of the show where you offer your tips and advice, and uh, and we might like it, we might not. We'll just see. This first one is from Dies in Every Film. He says, you should find a video of something you know nothing about, uh, but comment on it and tell the person how they did it wrong. That's a good Dude, idea. Owner I feel is I the a best. lot of people do that. I, 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 talk, yeah. I, I text with Owner a lot. I, he is hilarious. He's <laughs> He fucking, he does these YouTube videos, and, I, and I'm going to talk about him on the next single track in regards. I know what he's doing, but he, he, he gets these people, they, they write him shit thinking they're going to tell him something, and then he locks onto him. I mean, it's like a trap. He's like one of those spiders that hops out of a hole and grabs somebody. He's, yeah, people tell him all this shit, and he, he just goes right, he loves it. 
don't tell don't just don't tell people you know, just watch the video and fuck off you don't you don't need to you don't need commentary you don't want it okay another one from american wastelander um so it's not a question and i haven't listened to the new episode to see if you guys have talked about it what are you doing come on three episodes this week you've been working hard <laughs> so hospitals are hospitals are projects to run um are projects to run out of life-saving are PPE, projected i think they're projected are projected to run out of life-saving ppe particularly the n95 face masks uh, i'm sure a bunch of knife makers have these lying around and their local hospitals could really use them stay safe guys <sighs> it's true i'm going to talk about that in uh when it comes down to the the, uh, my uh, community showcase, but yeah, we gotta. Mm. If you guys got PPE, send it to the people who need it. Yeah, yeah, and that's masks and that's like face shields. I know a lot of hospitals are looking for the face shields as well as the yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah, if you've got a bunch of stuff lying cars. around. Actually, yeah, my wife asked me. Uh, my wife asked me if I had extra eye protection, so I went out and I grabbed a pile. Uh, I grabbed a pile of it and I gave it to the, uh, her whole her whole floor, and they were you know they didn't have any, and we ordered more and. You know, where I'm going to see if we can help some people out. But if you got extra, you know, you're sitting on piles of, you know, nitrile gloves, or, and uh, they don't want nitrile gloves. They don't want the latex gloves. They want the kind of gloves that we get, you know, you get at your big box store. Um, and then the, you know, N95 mask. I, I've never even noticed those before, but, you know, if you can get your hand on those, give them to the hospital. Yeah. Next one comes from Grendel 6x5. I want to reiterate Jeff's statement don't shit it up with crap. That's my biggest beef with me in my shop. And I have it filled with stuff that I don't need. I don't want it to be there. It hinders my ability to work. I love the work uh, all you're doing and you're sharing your knowledge with the rest of us. Thanks for keeping me company as I clean out my shop. That, that, uh, that expression came from my sister who's a, who's a sculptor. and she's a, She used to always tell me, don't, don't shit it up with crap. That means like all this stuff you don't need, get rid of it. Otherwise, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to be in your way. So there we are. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I've spent this week tidying up mine, and the amount of shit I've got here is just, you just think, oh, I'll put it there. I'll put it to the side. I'll use it one day, and it, I'm never going to use it. So a lot of it's just going to be gone, scrapped. There we are. You know one thing. You know one thing that isn't shit that you're going to need to use with every single knife you make that is sandpaper. And we all use the best sandpaper possible. It's made by Indasa USA, and it's the famous Rhino Wet. This stuff is the best. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And you know where you can get it? You can get it from Texas, Farrier Supply, with 10% off if you use Knife Talk 10. You'll get 10% off your entire order. Um, but yeah, Indasa, um, Rhino Wet, it's just the best sandpaper out there. Texas Farrier Supply, they've got a bunch of other stuff as well on their site at TexasFarrierSupply.com. Go take a look and use Knife Talk 10 to get 10% off. It's time for a mini what? product. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wrong <laughs> uh, the Community bottoms. showcase. The old pajama yep. bottoms got in your way. <laughs> community right, showcase. This... <laughs> yeah, I heard you, you little bastard. This is community showcases <laughs> where we kind of highlight a, p- a person or two or somebody that we think that you should be one of the spotlight or whatever. So, Craig, who you got? I've got uh, Fiery Ice Forge. Um, they, um, 
added me today with a picture of that. And I, and I hate that when people put up put up a picture and they at you and you, you get a little notification, you go and have a look. And it's just like, oh, that's not relevant to me, whatever. But this was, he'd finished his um, Knife Talk build-along knife. Um, and it was one of the best I've seen. It was really, really nice. So I went to have a look at his profile and I see all the rest of his stuff. And he's been making only for about a year. And, and you know, he's a blacksmith, bladesmith and so on. But he's only been making these for about a year. But this, this build-along knife that he'd make was beautiful. I think it's one of the best examples of, of the build-along knife we've seen. So go take a look at Fiery Ice Forge. That's Ben Seacrest. He's a, he's a big supporter yeah. of our podcast and among, among others. He's a big, he's a big supportive yeah. guy, and, and I met him at Blade Show uh, last year. Good dude. Ben, thanks for your consistent yeah. support. Yeah. Reco, how's yeah, it going? Honestly, that is a, it's a beautiful knife he's made, too. <clears throat> Killer. Uh, so this week I got a chef actually who I've been seeing around on Instagram a lot, and I've you know I've been following him for a long time. It's Chef Jose Andres. Uh, he has a restaurant. Actually, he's got several restaurants, but he's based out of Washington D.C. Um, he's been a uh, a big advocate for immigrants in the work in the restaurants. Um, and but one of the biggest things that that's relevant right now. Uh, with so many restaurants shutting down is that, you know, people are struggling with food. Um, and what World Central, uh, or he helped organize and, and found the World Central Kitchen, um, which you can also find on Instagram, WC Kitchen, um, he, which basically goes into places all over the world. They're a nonprofit. Uh, so like down in, uh, was it down in, what was it, just down in Texas? Uh, they had... Uh, what was it? They, had they were a, everywhere. They were in Puerto yeah, Rico. They've been, I mean, they've been all over Puerto Rico. Yeah, they've been all over Thomas. the place, all over the world, helping, make, just basically trying to help get food to people. Because when all of this chaos is happening, the last thing you should be worrying about is whether or not you're going to be able to eat. And so their goal is to make sure that everybody who needs food can get food wherever they are. And uh, it's it's not just him. It's It's thousands of chefs all over the world and volunteers who are connected with this and so i just want to give a shout out to him if if you if you aren't already following him uh, and his work uh, not only again is he a super talented uh chef but he's uh he's a big inspiration for how to try to get involved in and get connected and help each other in these fucking crazy times that we're in right now he actually did a video on munchies. If you follow munchies, he does his own version of a potato tortilla that is so simple. It's so crazy. He basically makes it with eggs and a bag of uh, those uh, vegetable chips. And it, it he is uh, everything oh, nice. about him is excellent. He's about to be on the Time Time magazine. He's an awesome dude. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome human being. He, he's going to go down as one of those people who help more people than most. I mean, he's just an awesome guy. Couldn't, couldn't, yeah. couldn't. I second yours by a million. Great guy. Cool. Who we got, Jeff? I I got it two, and these are I'd I'd like to give a little bit of a love to my 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 uh, my friends over at Pe- the at Peakskill Police. Um, they're trying to get some PPE for their guys. Are you officers. creeping because of last week? Are you creeping because of last week when you said about being pulled over by the police? I'm going to get into it. My man, don't think that don't <laughs> everything is deliberate. Don't never forget. Don't okay. think that I okay. don't just pump your brakes, put keep your pants on. I'm on it. 
So Peekskill Police, <laughs> you're smart. You, you, you know me a little bit. So um, <laughs> they're trying to get some PPE for their officers, including my friend um, K9 Charlie. That's K9 underscore Charlie. That is an awesome K9 officer, uh, Officer Nappy. You got this dog, Charlie. That Charlie is a chainsaw with fur. That thing is a, he's a monster. He's an awesome dog. And, and uh, um, they are doing great. And I really, if you go to Peekskill Police, uh, they have a link on how you can get a hold of their desk office, uh, the desk sergeant in regards to if you have some, um, if you have some, you know, PPE they're looking for, it shows you on their post. There's a, there's a picture of a N95 mask and they got a number for the desk sergeant. If you have a, a way of getting some um, PPE to them, the ones that they're looking for, get a hold of them and don't fuck around with like, I got a couple, uh, you know, used earplugs in my pocket. Don't start with that shit. Don't, no one wants your scratched up, one pair of scratched up eyeglasses. If you got, if you're sitting on something or you know how to get something, get a hold of them. But um, they're, they're great. And K9 um, Charlie's great. And yes, to answer the question from Mr. Lockwood a couple episodes ago, I did mention that I did get a, um, a, a, a ticket for, for uh, I'm, air quotes rolling through a stop sign. Didn't happen. So I'm hoping to use this as some sort of leverage to have the ticket ripped up before I even see the judge. So I'm looking to, you know, this is self-serving. I really want, I want you to send you, I want you to send them some glasses and say, rip off faders, rip off faders, take it bullshit. It wasn't for peak skill police. They are, they were not the ones who pulled me over, but it was funny because I started sending him messages saying, anything you need, you let me know. And he goes, he, she found me, writes me back that, that goes both, that door opens both ways. If you need anything, let me know. And I'm thinking, well, I know something you can do for me. <laughs> Rip that fucking ticket up. That would be great. So Peak Skill Police and Canine Charlie, I'm with you 100%. And support your local nice. police departments like and EMTs and first responders and firefighters. I'm sure locals in your neighborhood probably could use the same equipment. So get a hold of them. Yeah. Okay. That part of the show. What would you, what's your dream for the week? What would you like to see um, happening? Where would you like to be this time next week? Mareko, what's it going to be? It's always going to be me first. Wow, you don't have to be you. Oh, I was waking up. I was meditating. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, actually, uh, <laughs> actually, that is something I, I would really like to uh, be a little bit more consistent with because I, I have still been finding myself a little stressed out. I'm a little better than I was last week. Um, but just finding some time to do a little bit more uh, stretching and yoga in my day. Because, um, like I said earlier, my back's been killing me. And um, and I found, <laughs> this is going to sound so fucking white trash, but I found a, a, a packing blanket. You know, like when you're moving, I have a moving blanket in my shop. And so I got, I got that I'm going to lay down on the concrete floor. <laughs> In the shop with an old yoga mat, um, probably needs to be washed off. It's been in storage for a long time. So, uh, but just getting in there and doing a little, doing a better job of breaking up my workday, especially when I'm standing at the grinder, because it just straight kills my body. So breaking it up and doing uh, more frequent stretching, and um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to not being in as much pain. <laughs> Hopefully, this time next week. There you go. Craig, how, what's what, what's your that. dream, Craig? I think 
spending less time online. Um, I've been because I haven't been working that much over the last maybe two weeks since we've been on sort of a complete lockdown here. Um, I've been trying to sort of fill that time with other stuff, and a lot of it is just looking online and under the pretense that I'm learning something. You know, I'm saying, oh, I'll watch this because I'll learn something from this. And most of the time it's not. I'm just escaping, doing something else. I'm, I'm not going to do that because I'm doing this instead. And I think I need to spend a lot less time um, just online and doing that whole thing of opening up Instagram, then opening up Twitter, then going on YouTube and just doing that full circle and do, finding myself over and over again. And before I know it, hours and hours are passing, wasted, completely wasted time. So... Um, and, you know, there's the news cycle in that as well, you know, and, you know, fooling myself into thinking that I'm doing this to find out what's, what's happening in the world. And, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's not, not good for anyone's mental health to be doing that. So I think spending less time online um, and more time just sort of, you know, in my own head and, and you know, paying attention to, you know, to, to my kids and, you know, what I need to be doing. There's plenty of stuff I can be doing around the house here. So I need to put my my time and energy into doing that not into just, you know, letting it sort of drip away while I'm scrolling through feeds, that kind of thing. Uh, what you got, Jeff? Well, I hope that they get some more vanilla ice cream in the supermarket because my mom is not happy with me. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get her some ice cream. She likes vanilla ice cream. I had to get her vanilla chocolate chip, and things didn't go as planned. So she had to be, you know, brave it up and understand that things are going not as particular. So I'm really hoping that there's some more vanilla ice cream. And she's turning 80 uh, in a week, this coming week. And I feel terrible for her because she's locked up in her apartment. She's, we talk every day. We're going to try to do something. Her favorite restaurant, Finn and Brew is closed. Mike Anastasio is trying to feed other people. And my mom is, you know, her health ain't the best. It's not bad, but she's, we got to keep her locked up in that apartment. So I'm hoping that we can figure something out to make her 80th birthday nice. It's going to have to postpone it until things settle down. But if we can make sure that the the uh, stop and shop guys have some, you know, vanilla ice cream would be nice. That's my dream. Vanilla ice cream. I think you could do a single track with her then, maybe oh, this week. Fuck's sake! Are you kidding oh, me? Great. You, oh, you guys are not. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be terrible. However, my mommy does listen to this podcast now. I've been sending her the single tracks, and she does enjoy them. And she has given me notes, which is annoying as. Oh, jeez! I'm not sending her this one because she ain't listening. But she don't care about the knife. So she said, "I don't know what you guys are talking about, but you do. You do say a lot of bad words." She said to me. She said to me. <laughs> she said to me. You know, if you ever wanted to be, this is a quote. If you ever wanted to be on a CBS or something, you better watch your language. I said, "Mom, you want this or not?" I'm like, "I'm not interested in your feedback. It's not for you. I'm trying to <laughs> give you some content to, so you can hear your son in his natural environment. And it's going to be some bad words. Eat your vanilla ice cream and shut the fuck up." I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> there's the quote you're on the bottom of the website where we have a quote each week here's your ice cream now shut the fuck up <laughs> that's a show that's a show follow us there's a show there you go follow us at um knife talk podcast on instagram um and leave a review on which, whichever platform you're using to uh, listen to the podcast leave a review give us a rating and everybody stay safe speak soon
When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.